0: be an 80s pop singer no you couldn't <laughs> yes i think i could mm, fire away Sarah, Sarah. Mm, mm. It's, k. Sarah, it's a podcast not a cast pod hey great sammy k at gc
1: it's a podcast not a cast pod hey Sammy, K at DC Improv. Sammy! What's up?
0: Oh my god! I just, today we we're just gonna talk about following your dreams, going with your gut, and staying true to the passion. Because and, amazing things happen, don't they?
1: They do happen. And then I will counteract this with the, also a little dose of reality.
0: Which is what? Which is, you know. It's reality. Oh, please. Give me a break. Welcome to the Hey Frisch podcast. We are your host, Sarah Frazier, along with my dear friend, co-host, extraordinaire, Sammy Kay. And now, basically, New York Times featured podcaster is, uh, is really what Sammy is.
1: It was one quote. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate
0: it. Oh, my God. Look, we have to thank all of you. Some amazing, amazing things have happened over the past couple of days. One, yesterday, we were on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. They covered our election night party. Mm-hmm. Which, as you guys know, was shut down at Trump Hotel, but is now at the DC Improv. And you can get tickets, dcimprov.com. So, um, not only that, but the other thing that's been in the works for the past couple of weeks, and this is really what, for me, was like a, um, just a real come-to-Jesus moment. Like a real put- Put it on the line. What do you really want, Sarah, in your career and life? But a couple weeks ago, a writer from the New York Times reached out to us, as we talked about, and wanted to do an article on the uh, crazy election night parties okay. and wanted to interview us. Now, initially, because of a job offer that I had, I could not talk to them. And that actually was the moment that I said to myself, what do I really want in life? What okay? do you
1: want, Sarah? Oh, it's what very clear.
0: It's, it's completely clear for me now. I know exactly what I want. This show is anything goes to entertain and inspire. It's going to be distributed on many platforms, and we're going to change the world with this show. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, unfortunately, right now the way broadcasting is, and I think for many people listening to this, it's very hard to do that mainstream because a lot of these news organizations and companies are you know 70 years old, 50 year old news organizations and there's a certain way they want to do things and they want to control talent like the old days they want you to be able to have to go through them for permission and it's really not how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works. And so but for me it's, I'm going to be honest the struggle because over the past couple of years as you guys know been offered 1073 went back to Sarah tie and Mel and you know unfortunately that job was a lot of promises but I never got anything in writing and then the whole time you know the manager changed and then things whittled away can't talk about this so we compromised. Then 107.3 goes, hey, stay on and be the midday person. And yeah, you can do this podcast, but you know, you got to do the Jack midday. Jack
1: Diamond said, fuck Sammy, though. He's not
2: allowed.
0: Right. Him. Jack had an issue with Sammy coming in the building <laughs> and us recording in the morning. So already we knew. Can't compromise. No. And then, you know, every time a little bit better offer comes around, which was this latest TV offer. But then at the end of the day, they still want you to sign and say, well, but we have the right to decide morally. What, what you can and can't do And who you can talk to mm-hmm. And it's so hard for me to say no To these people Because there is great opportunity But then it's not really the opportunity That we're going and creating And doing And that's the hard part because it's, like, closer, but it's not really true to us. It's basically going back to compromising because you're saying, eh, okay, I'll ask you permission to do the New York Times article. And they go, well, you can't really talk to them. It's kind of a company mandate, you know. And you're like, no, this is not the way. And
1: it's crazy because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But they somehow never understand that. Major companies never understand it. They never do. And
0: so for those of you guys that are listening today, you know this is what we stand for. And we're really basically doing this whole thing as outliers. We're going to create this show, not mainstream. And that's what it takes. Believe me, it is really tough. Financially, it is really tough for both of us because, you know, we're getting more advertisers and Mm -hmm. and things are coming through slowly on Podcast One, but it's slow and it's hard for most people to make this sacrifice. But you really have to do it because I'll tell you, are you not the happiest you've ever been? Well, hold on. I'm going to be really
1: happy once you finally go on Twitter Mm -hmm. and like my tweet from a few days ago that says it's officially, like... Me and Hey Frage versus the world.
0: Oh, all right, I okay? will. I was just mad at you the day. you I know that you were, were mad it. at
1: me, but still now you're talking <laughs> see, it got you hyped up. See, this is what you understand, Sarah. You gotta trust me, okay? I know what I'm talking about. You do know
0: what you're talking about. And um, look, I wanna share these articles in the press that we're getting to prove to you guys like if you are out there and you're like, Oh my god, I would love to leave my job. This is soul sucking. I am not creating something that, you know, has a passion or has a mission for other people. We get Get it. We've been there. Um, but I want to read to you the New York Times article that came out, Fashion and Style, because it, it has a great quote from Sammy. So here's what the article said that was posted this morning. In Washington, the hosts of the Hayfrage Lifestyle podcast, Sarah Fraser and Sammy Kay, are pulling out all the stops for their party. There will be a wall. There will be a booth to send emails. There will be an Anthony Weiner look-alike dressed in only his boxer shorts. The duo even set up a GoFundMe page to try to raise $37,000 to rent a suite at the new Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. The campaign is far short of that goal, so the, un- so the host lined up another space at the D.C. Improv. What? What? It's all part of their effort to, quote, throw a party that's just as insane as this election has been, says Sammy K., whose real name is Sammy Cobrosley. Got that. This is the best. Mr. Cobrosley. When is the last last time someone's called you Mr. Cobrosley?
1: Dude, people don't call me by my last name ever, let alone Mr. before that. I thought this was
0: great. Mr. Cobrosley said that he and his friends are depressed about the presidential race and the two major party candidates running. Not for political reasons, though. As D.C. residents were upset that the parties won't be as good as years past, he said. When Obama got elected, that week of the election, you'd see Jay-Z, Puff Daddy, Kanye West. Every celebrity wanted to be here. He sighed again. I'm like, what have you sighed? I don't see that happening during a Hillary or Trump presidency. Now it's man. We're getting right back to politics. Whatever the outcome on election night, there's likely to be a big hangover for many partygoers the next day, given the high unfavorable ratings of both candidates and the months of mudslinging. Anyway, Sammy, I'm so proud of you. That is like It's... Paragraphs. It's such great
1: stuff. Well, also, here's what I'm more uh, amazed about is how he actually wrote me high. What do you mean? Like, you said it normally, like, if you read it normally, but if you read it with a high voice, it actually makes total sense, Sarah. Look, as D.C. residents were, like, upset that the parties won't be as good as years past, like, when Obama got elected that week of the election, man, you'd see Jay-Z, Puff Daddy, Kanye West... Every celebrity wanted to be here. I just don't see that happening during the Hillary or Trump presidency. He even put, now it's like, man, we're like going right back to politics. He even put my man in there, we're going right back to politics.
0: Oh, that's pretty funny. I didn't notice that. Okay,
1: you and reading it in your high voice is actually hysterical. Well, I'm not going to lie, I got to check that off my bucket list. (laughs) <laughs> that
0: was so good. So. Anyway, I just want to thank you guys because honestly, we wouldn't be in this position if you all hadn't downloaded and listened and shared to this podcast and believed and come along in this show that is amazing and for you. Oh, I'm having my a moment.
1: You are. Gosh, okay. Sorry. That's a little bit screechy, I'm back too. To I'm r- r- bring r- back to bring
0: down your really. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's... Anyway, um, DCImprov.com. Get your tickets. The election night party is going to be so fun.
1: It's going to be bananas with a B.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, we talked to a magician yesterday. It's going to be a bit of a variety show. Sweet from Scratch Bakery, donating all kinds of political cookies. So your ticket price also gets your free cookie. And we're working on free food as well. So there's going to be a lot of surprises. That's going to
1: be awesome. Look, I'm telling you, if you're going to spend the election night somewhere, everyone that I've told about, they go, Wait, that sounds amazing i want to be there i was like yeah dude we're going to have a wall like we're going to have you know a
0: i'm building a- the wall this weekend do you want to come over oh i will okay yes yeah, we got to come over cuz i have no idea i mean i am a little handy with a hammer
1: if you want to make it authentic Sarah, you should at least have a first generation american you know mm-hmm. with immigrant parents helping you make the wall okay. like you know, I'm not the real deal deal, but I'm close. You are very close. Yeah. We'll
0: be building the wall. And actually, if anybody has a baby doll. So we've got our Anthony Weiner model mm. uh, look-alike. You know, he's lined up. But he, he's going to be in his boxer shorts. He's got an erection. But he needs a baby doll to carry around because you know how Weiner would always take pictures of his erection with his kid, like, laying yeah. there? Um, Do you have a baby doll?
1: Question. Um, I'm just going to – this is when I wish I just had access to every, like, quote of yours ever. <laughs> Aren't you the woman with, like, 500 dolls? (laughs) You have a collection of 500 dolls, and you're telling me you don't have one single doll for our Anthony Weiner lookalike? I don't,
0: because all my dolls are in Maine. So, I guess, actually, actually, maybe I can get a baby doll. Yes, I'll have my brother bring a baby doll. Because my brother's coming down for this party. He's so excited. Oh, yeah, awesome. So, yeah. Have him bring a doll. Okay, um, oh, my God, you got to remind me. Here, let me write this down.
1: Just have him take one from your niece. She won't miss it for a few days. I know. It'll come back smelling like booze, but whatever.
0: <laughs> bring a baby doll. Okay, cool. Now I've got that taken up. Uh, anyhow, we have lots to talk to you on this show. I am fascinated. Sammy, you've got a little bit of a bathroom situation you want to share. Mm. It's not really an anal fissure situation. But it's interesting bathroom etiquette that we need to discuss. Drama. And then I want to ask you this. Yes. Have you ever had a friend who you knew to have like one accent, but then maybe they lived abroad for a little while or something happened and, and then they developed a whole nother accent?
1: Oh, they got the douche scent. Yeah. <laughs> So is that it. what it is? Yeah, we have friends that do that. Because
0: I am fascinated, and actually I'll admit to this. So I've been obsessed with listening to Lindsay Lohan now. Have okay. you I think do you have the audio? We gotta play it. I because can pull it up here, yeah. Lindsay Lohan now has a an accent, right? She grew up in Long Island, but she's being interviewed overseas where she now lives like in London, and she almost sounds maybe um
1: She's doing the Madonna. Right, right. So you know how
0: Madonna, Johnny Depp like these people are from Detroit. I don't know where Johnny Depp grew up, but, like, I mean, he basically grew up in, like, Illinois or something. Yeah,
1: but he's town's talking, like, hello, I'm Johnny Depp. <laughs> so nasty. going but on? But
0: Lindsay Lohan almost, it's like, um, it's like Middle, Euro, it's like Eastern European or something. It's
1: very bizarre. Hold on. I'm trying to pull up the audio, but it's Are you? not pulling up. Well,
0: keep. I was just fascinated by that, and it actually made me laugh because when I lived abroad in college, I went to Ireland. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, you, oh got it? Okay. We're
1: here, And I have a reason to come back. And Athens, my first time coming to Athens, uh, Dennis uh, is my friend. And and that's all he is, is my friend and business partner. But his mother became a very close person to me, and his sister as well, and his father. And Agilos, another partner of ours, and uh, Um. my hermanos. And I uh, feel like I have (laughs) lost my mind. But I am, you know. If anything, I will give her credit because here's the thing: when you, when like maybe she's speaking international press, right? Oh. Okay, and like when you speak to, like you're supposed to speak to their, like in their mannerisms. Okay. So maybe she's just really smart, and none of us are giving her credit for it.
0: <laughs> do you think that's what it is? So she realized she was speaking to an Eastern European news outlet, so she decided to emulate theirs. Well, yeah, she just like uh, you know, that's you're supposed father. to do.
1: Like when I speak to my cousins in Tunisia, I don't go. Yo dudes, I'm going to the bathroom I go, hey, I'm going to the bathroom what You know, <laughs> I, I'm going to the bathroom And they're like, okay, cool What
0: is that?
1: better they deaf? Like, no, they but that's I'm how you speak like? it I know, The hand motion is just because I'm an Arab <laughs> Um, but, like, no, that's just, you, I speak in kind of almost an accent.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I was going to admit to this, but when I lived in Ireland for a year, I was that douche for a little oh, you while, got the like, where scent? I would start to speak kind of like Irish. And people would be like, oh, you've completely, like, this again is when you're 21, right? So you're totally a moron or 20, whatever I was. And I would completely be like, oh, like, what a gobshite or whatever. Like, I would try and fit you would in. Try and to people say would be that. like, oh, my God, you're completely Irish now. And I'd be like, I know. Like,
1: like, You're the worst. Reality. You're the worst. So you'd be back in the United States saying that. I had a yes, of, I'd
0: be like, "Oh, that's pure shite."
1: You would, but you'd say like a oh, wife, like, "Oh, that's pure shite." <laughs> okay. Oh,
0: that Wait. was my iron. Oh, we didn't
1: even. We haven't even played the disclaimer. You've play already. It. Seen. This is a statement intended to specify or deal the scope it. of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. I would podcast has been obviously for all years. Oh.
0: Um, by the way, that wasn't white. That was Irish.
1: Yeah, hello. That is, like, pure shite, guys. Yeah, I'd be like...
0: It's, like, pure shite, like...
1: Oh, my God. It's total crap. Bugger. I cannot believe that happened. What a wanker.
0: <laughs> By the way, I did not do that. But I was that asshole that came back to the U.S. and then for a little while had the Irish accent. And I can remember like, my friend Tia being like, oh, okay, you're not going to really like keep this up, are you? And
1: <laughs> I was like, Why, Tia? What's wrong? You don't want to go get a pint in the chaser? <laughs> that
0: is no. I would never say I, that. I
1: feel like you would. I would never say that. I definitely see you saying the word bugger, though.
0: No, I'd say oh, like butter. gobshite and shite and. Um, but then. But what's the crack? Like everyone. What's the crack? <laughs> yeah, that's everyone Oh, used to God. Say that.
1: that is. That is fantastic. <laughs> so, anyway, that's-
0: the internet is making fun of Lindsay Lohan. Meanwhile, I could empathize because I thought, you know, I've been there where I have lived abroad and you you just want to assimilate yourself with everyone. And so.
1: So you just start speaking with a like with a bad accent, Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, absolutely, and some people would then like I wanted to always i wanted to fit in in Ireland like almost pass as Irish I didn't want people to think I was American, mm-hmm. but it didn't really work, really,. <laughs> you
1: know what? I wonder why. I figured you had him with gobshite. <laughs>
0: He's such a dick. Anyway, uh, also, at some point, uh, comedian Adam Ferreira is stopping by our podcast today. So we're curious to talk to him about. It. He's been on the show's Rescue Me. We were also going to ask him this because he was also in the movie um, Paul Blart Molokov. Yeah. So we wanted to ask him, you know, was that like a happy moment or wow, sad wow. moment?
1: Wow, <laughs> you're going to really, you're going to drop all. See, you ruin all the surprises, Sarah. Why would you say that before the interview?
0: Because of, I mean, it's the anticipation for everybody
1: Listening. Or you just ruin the surprise. That's like me going. That's like at the beginning of the right Titanic starts, and I go, I go, guys, <laughs> they all fucking die. You're not anticipating the, the death now. You're just like, well, he just ruined it well, for us.
0: If anyone didn't already know that, you know, sorry. i was just trying to give it context. We've also been on Nurse Jackie, that's okay? Such, I won't tell you my Nurse that's Jackie such question. Such
1: gobshite. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, so at some point we'll talk to him a little bit about his comedy career. Uh, The Cubs win last night, so I guess I got to take back the whole idea that the World Series was rigged. Woo! Woo! Although I think, again, it was rigged. It was was not
1: rigged. Get over it. I think it it was rigged
0: down to game seven.
1: No, it wasn't, man. Okay, it was such a crazy game. I mean,. Here's the thing. I'm not into sports, but being from Iowa, right, everyone loved the Cubs. And that was the only baseball team really? in Washington, Cedar Rapids was the Cubs. Yeah, man. Is that everyone. your
0: closest Major League Baseball team? I
1: mean, that was, like, our closest major city was, like, Chicago. So most people just cheered for Chicago teams,
0: oh, you know, or maybe, gotcha. like, a
1: Minnesota team because Minneapolis was, like, five hours away. Chicago was, like, four. You know, it was ran- – like, we kind of just pick and choose around the air, But mo- everyone was, like, a Cubs fan pretty much growing up. Like,
0: really? That's
1: it. I remember, like, when they almost went to the World Series or something, maybe – Fuck,
0: like, in the 80s or something? Like
1: in the I... 90s or 2000s, like some shit like that. They actually let us off of school.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: like, let us off of school in Iowa, just because it was such a big deal, because the game was in the middle of the day or some crap like that. I
0: wonder if that's happening now, if schools
1: are out. Oh, I guarantee schools are out right now. There's no way. And if they are parents aren't sending their kids to school, oh, they're partying today, man.
0: That? Okay, well, I had no idea. The game,
1: dude, it was crazy. I mean, it was, I'm not into baseball at all, but it was a close, close and back and forth, and you know, it was a lot of drama for a baseball game, you know?
0: Well, look, rigged or not, it went to game 7. They won by like one run. I feel like it was so down to the wire.
1: You you didn't even watch it. You were asleep. Oh god no.
0: I went to bed last night at 8:05. I, I told you. went you, to bed
1: before the game even started.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, I watched the first guy. I couldn't even Fowler, I guess. He hit the home run the opener and then I was out. Well, that's it. That was it. Well, good for you. We um I was telling you cuz you know sometimes Dan Dan's like a little bit of a foodie. So we went to All Purpose last night in DC. I put it on your list i put it on your list. That's
1: not what you said earlier. <laughs> Don't lie now. That's not, Ken. Now that the mics are on, you're going to lie and try to be all PC. Say what you really I'm said.
0: I'm not. I said, look, it's, first of all.
1: No, you said you said the desserts were great. Everything else was The desserts
0: were phenomenal. Everything else wasn't worth it. Salted caramel, soft serve ice cream. you got to get it. And they had an incredible Nutella cheesecake. Totally worth it. I would go back for those. For the desserts, happy. yeah. But the rest, yeah, you're right. See, food just, it's so hard to, like, blow me away. I feel like I'm a bad, but I'm a bad food critic because you You know me, like I'm not all that adventurous as like I like to talk. No, you talk
1: like you are, but you don't. You go in there and you'll order something that seems adventurous, but you ask them to sub the adventurous thing out for like white rice.
0: And here's what, here's what, okay, like the pizza was, this place is called um, All Purpose. I don't know if I said that or not. I'm losing my mind, I think, but we'll talk about that later. But anyway, All Purpose, so. We order a pizza, but they have pickled vegetables on it. And see, I don't like that. I, I said to Dan, I really want the pepperoni one. Let's keep it basic and see if they can master that. Now, it was good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It was tasty. But I don't want, I don't need pickled vegetables on a pizza. I need good mozzarella. I need good homemade sauce, a thick crust.
1: You like thick crust?
0: And a nice, I need a good homemade pepperoni, mm. not the
1: store-bought. See, I'm a thick, I'm a thin crust kind of guy. Really? Yeah, man. Neapolitan style? Mwah.
0: Well, that's what I liked about last night. They were very thick. That was really good. Yeah. So, anyway.
1: Does Dan know that, too? What? That you like it really thick? Um, <laughs> or is he a thin crust guy?
0: Oh. He's, you know, I don't know. He's actually from Detroit, so he's the deep dish.
1: Oh, okay. So, he'd be he's like a deeper. deep. He likes them deep.
0: Deep. Yes, deep. exactly.
1: With, like, the burnt cheese on the end. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, that's what he's into. good so thing I, we
1: talk about burnt cheese at the end there. Otherwise, this could have gone really bad. It's fine.
0: But, anyhow, then I went home and went to bed. Uh, Before we get into some news stories, though, I want to discuss your... um, My
1: bathroom situation. Yeah, your bathroom situation. situation.
0: How do you want to bring this up? Just like...
1: Just want me to roll with it? (laughs) I mean, fine, I'll roll. I could roll with it. All right, so here are the things. So I'm staying at my friend Nahim's place with his wife, okay? Very nice people. Love them to death. They
0: are really sweet. They've been huge
1: supporters of this show. Huge supporters, right? Fantastic. But here's the thing is, as an Arab man, and I feel like when I share the story with most people that are not, you know... I think most, okay, every Arab I know, this is what they do. I don't care. Like, a lot of other cultures do it, too. I just don't know what other cultures, but I know for a fact every Arab does this. Okay? That you don't wipe your ass with toilet paper. Like, we don't. We just don't. At all. You
0: don't use any toilet paper. Not not
1: unless I absolutely have to. Like, if I'm in the mall or I'm in school or I'm in a public place, of course I'm going to do it there. But in the comforts of my own home, right, I usually have a cup or you have, like, a water bottle or something that you just fill up with water. And that way you lean over, drizzle the water down, and give yourself a little wash, right? Super like, super easy, super clean. You know, that's, that's just what I do. And that's what I've been doing my entire See, life. And that's what
0: okay, people going. in my
1: culture do all the time, right? But here's the problem, though. Staying at a, someone's house, I was like, oh, shit, I'm, like that, I'm that roommate now. I don't think they'll feel comfortable with me just putting, like, a cup there knowing that I'm just going to use this to wash my ass. <laughs>
0: when you're staying with someone that's maybe more Americanized, you're concerned that you can't just leave the cup out.
1: I'm absolutely – oh, my God. I'm so mortified that I'll get – I'm afraid that they're going to kick me out.
0: Because of the cup?
1: I'm afraid – yeah, I feel like that's a game. People would be like, wait, so you're going to take a cup? And just put it next to the toilet and just fill it up with water and use it to wash your ass. Like, and I have to go stand there and like when I pee, I have to see this cup. So I was like, well, you don't have to pee in the cup. All you got to do is look at it. I'm like, trying
0: to be open minded because when we went to the Adams Mosque, you're right, everybody did have a cup there, and I'm just like, why don't you? Like, I understand well, that dry a, put toilet paper is not good for you, but I don't understand why you don't use like the water in combination with the toilet. Have paper. you ever
1: used? Take some water, Sarah, and put it on toilet paper. Find out what happens.
0: I use it. I do it all the time. It, it gets moist. St-
1: in there, it gets so stuck in there, and then you get stuck. My, dude, I'm a hairy man, Sarah. I gotta just, nip, I just gotta scrape it out, move on, give it a little shake, and then maybe I'll dab it at the end. You know, with some toilet paper, but nothing too crazy. I, okay. if, if anything is disgusting, that you just wipe. Like you're literally just smearing it. Even you're just smearing it all over, smearing it until it's so thick and caked oh, on that it God. doesn't leave a stain okay. on the toilet paper. No, at I'll least I am this. actually washing. Like, and I'm telling you, my issue is now, I my, what. It's been feeling, like, really itchy lately, lately down there. Well, that's like, how you
0: get a hemorrhoid, I'm I know, you. because
1: I'm not keeping myself as fresh and clean as I'm used to.
0: And I will say this. I do think that the way of wiping is, like, really archaic here. Like, I want a bidet really badly, yeah. but I don't have any money like currently.
1: in Tunisia, right, you either have a bidet or you have a little the hose cup. that just, no, they have the a hose that just sticks out of the wall. Like, every house in Tunisia has a hose. So there's no need for the cup. But then when you live, like, in America or you live, like, abroad, you have to put the cup.
0: This isn't I I feel like you can't leave the cup there. I really do. I feel like for them it's probably so unsanitary. Like when my
1: cousin came to visit in July, right? When he came, I had literally just like thrown away my bottle and I was gonna put a new one in there. Before I even got a chance, he like walked in the bathroom, walked out the bathroom. Literally grabbed an empty water bottle he was drinking, like chugged it, and then walked in the bathroom, and then that bottle was just sitting next to the toilet his entire trip here.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I'm (laughs) like,
1: we would share the same bottle. Like, it's not like it's gross, it's not like it actually touches the butt. You just, like, you know, hold it (laughs) over, you're just dripping water. You just reach over, fill it up, use that, wash, and you're good to go.
0: Oh my God. Um, Well, look, you can definitely hit us on social media and let us know. Cup or no cup, that's all you got to write. I want to
1: know what my other, you know, my other, you know, foreign friends out there, what they have done when they lived with people. That maybe wouldn't be cool with that custom. Do they just go for it? Or do they have to have a sit down with them beforehand? Do I have to explain to them what's going on? Do I just like constantly walk in with the bottle and then walk out with the bottle every time?
0: I don't know, but Jenny and um, Naheem do seem very open people. They're so very they might open be people, down
1: for it. But I just don't. Yeah, I just don't know.
0: No, if you came to my apartment, I don't know.
1: Would you let me, Sarah?
0: I, here's my issue. I think it's unsanitary to leave it out. That's the thing. It's not
1: unsanitary. Why? It's not touching my culo at all.
0: <laughs> okay. It's not
1: at all touching the culo. It just literally <laughs> fills up with water, and then it dumps the water on my behind. So my left hand, yeah, my left hand's maybe scraping in there. I definitely got to dig under my nails afterwards just to make sure. Oh! But that's it. Like, but and I wash. I'm washing my hands. Anyways, no one ever says anything. My hands. I'm washing my hands with soap. Everything. I hope you're I get,
0: scrubbing with a scrubber under the nails. Sarah, give it. Oh
1: my gosh. Come You think it's any better when you have that toilet paper, right? And then all of a sudden it rips a little bit. You don't think you're getting some in your nails? I, okay.
0: All right. Right. Look, exactly. Tweet at us. Cup or no cup? At. The Sammy K. S. A. M. Y. K. He's on all social media: Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all under that. I'm under Hey Frage on Twitter and Instagram. H. E. Y. F. R. A. S. E. And then Hey Frage Show on Snapchat. Oh my God. Um, hey, how do you feel about this? That college campuses are now trying to get rid of masculinity with male students. What do you mean? Universities are working to purge male students of their toxic masculinity.
1: I would say that's a good idea. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, Especially Dartmouth. They're one of the schools that are doing it. On campus, toxic masculinity is often blamed for sexual violence, body shaming, and hyper-masculinized sporting culture. They also say that they're trying to get students to drink less. For example, there's now a class at Dartmouth this semester, and it's got the Orlando syllabus that identifies so-called toxic masculinity as playing a role in the mass murder spree of the a Club during this summer. Um, other instances of combating toxic masculinity on campus can be found at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and Duke. They've launched programs. Uh, men are learning about violent masculinity and what are examples of healthier masculinity and discussing gender fluidity.
1: I would understand that because... So what do you think? Well, yeah, because I think with a lot of these college campuses, I mean, the guys are trying to compete with each other and trying to keep up with each other. Like, in my fraternity, I remember this, and this is what I hated the most about it, was they would sit there and be like, yo, when they drink, you drink. And I was like, well, dude, here's the problem. I am way smaller than this six foot four, 300 pound guy. So clearly he can have a lot more beers than I can. You know, and this idea, but there was that hypermasculine that you had to keep up and you weren't a man if you couldn't do it. That would get you there. That I would almost like, you know, I'd be sick throwing up almost dead, you know, after I tried to keep up and shit like that. It definitely wasn't worth it. Do you think getting rid of
0: fraternities would just really make all the difference? No, I think you're, you're still going to find think...
1: people to – they're still going to find ways to party and do shit like that. So I don't think that's going to make the difference. But I think just the notion of, you know, they make it so hyper-masculine. That is tough to, you know. That's and the once bro you cal- get
0: in it, the bro culture that's, just sort of takes over. That's what they're yeah. saying. Uh, they're even launching Healthy Masculinity Weeks um, where they're teaching men about male priv- privilege and the signs of recognizing it. I don't know. That's pretty interesting. So, I, I, I'm fascinated by that because I just feel like I think it's great that these colleges are raising that awareness. But, I mean, I don't know how you get rid of it aside from, like you said, you know, the
1: showman doesn't matter. Like so many people I know, they would get in fights and shit fraternity for no reason. About. Because it would be like, dude, they, they bumped into my bro, bro. And I was like, yeah, but guess what? I just said, oops, hey man, watch out. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. That was it. But instead, you're gonna escalate this into a fight and a brawl because he bumped into your bro, bro. Like, See,
0: my run-in with it was when like when I was at Mount Holyoke. So a couple of the girls had boyfriends at Dartmouth. Oh. So it we go up there and it was such a fraternity culture, it was so like, I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. The amount of like money and time that was spent on these parties and drinking. And you can completely see, I'm not accusing anyone of that at that time. I have no idea if they sexually assaulted anyone or not, but you can see in that like culture, how it was. I mean, I had a mullet, and it was like 100 pounds heavier, so, you know.
1: So luckily you were off limits. <laughs> well, no,
0: this wasn't. Austin, are you in a, are you in a fraternity?
1: Um, I used to be in
0: one. You used to be? Why did you get? Okay, Austin, come too. up here quick. Austin, by the way, is our intern, who we haven't even had this conversation of why we ended up taking on an intern, but so far you're doing well. We swore off them, but you're back. Uh, really quickly, why did you get out of your um, fraternity? Um, it was fun, but they wanted
1: about $400 per semester. To do what? Um, Four hundred dollars per semester to, um, f- to fund the fraternity because it had just started up at the school and oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, they told me that I could pay as much as I they asked pay. I pay as much as I can and that ended up being a lie. Um, so I'm like, so, well, I can't pay it. <laughs> so and it also it was too much. I feel like everyone's trying to find a niche or um, find somewhere to fit in, and I realized I didn't really need that. See, All right, especially if you're a new person, that sucks. At least in mine, we'd have to pay like yeah. 400 500 bucks. 500 But that was like beer every weekend for the entire semester. So that was like, you know, it, it was worth it.
0: Right. right. So are they teaching any of these uh, masculinity classes or lack thereof um, at your school? Toxic masculinity? S-
1: my school, that isn't really the issue. Um, they try to, I don't know, ease racial tension or, I don't know, and try to make it more open and diverse because my school isn't very diverse. So they got real issues okay. with not dealing with the bros.
0: Thanks Austin. Yeah. We're kicking you off for Adam Ferreira. So see okay.
1: ya. See ya. Thank you.
0: Adam Ferreira, come on up. Hello. Are you ready? Hello. I feel like you've been doing interviews all morning, so you're already ready. Well, I'm happy. Watch your yeah, step? That's a big one. Hi Adam. I'm Sarah.
1: Nice, nice to Sarah. see you how too. You? What's going on? Sammy. Nice hey, Sam. Very nice to meet you. How's it going? Austin. How are you doing,
0: nice to meet you. It's going
2: good. How are you guys doing?
0: Great. We have a million questions for you.
2: Good. <laughs> Yes, well, none of the above.
0: First of all, I came in this morning and I was saying to these guys, yeah. uh, Dennis Leary is so hot. Did you ever just like want to kiss him? Like I would have just tried to make out with him yeah, so much.
2: I did I don't I don't think we share that instinct. We never had a love scene. I've been working with Dennis for maybe 10 15 years, and never had a love scene. Oh my
0: god. Uh, Dennis Leary is is he even better looking in real life?
2: I can't answer this at all. <laughs> I, there's nothing I can do. I'm going to go back. I
0: promise it won't be all about Dennis Leary, I, but okay. I'm so obsessed. Like, really? he, yes. Okay. I don't. know, He's just like anyway. I don't know. Okay, I'll stop. Was yeah,
1: that the most right. obnoxious question you've gotten so far this morning? After how many interviews you've done? No, no, no. no. Okay,
2: It's good. fine. You, you need to get that out of your system. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> I know. There's something about him. Anyway,
2: how was Well, just one more question. What Go was ahead. it like to work with? He's a sweeter. He's that guy. Dennis really? is that guy. Is nice.
0: Dennis a generous guy with yes. other comments? I always
2: call. I always call Dennis the, the skinny Irish Sinatra. Really? Was, yeah, because he was like, it's always a rat pack. And he gave me my first, um, my, my, my most significant acting, uh, dramatic role uh, on the job. Uh, we did a cop show before we did Rescue Me. Oh, okay. And that was the first kind of dramedy kind of thing I had ever done. Um, and I was a comic, and I went into audition on tape. And, you know, if you know this business, you go on tape, you're like, well, I'm never going to see these people again. <laughs> and then the phone rang. Get on a plane. Yeah. And uh, I did the. It was just me, Dennis, uh, Peter Tolan, who uh, who wrote uh, the show, um, and that was it. And a cameraman. But I didn't know like ABC and DreamWorks and Disney. They were all up in the wings and Chelsea Pierce watching. So it was just it was just us messing around. Oh my God! And we started improvising, making each other laugh. And I got the gig. And um, with that, that friendship turned into the Rescue Me comedy tour, and we tour together. And we would do, uh, comics come home. And we just became friends, and then I was on Rescue Me, and I got a lot of the drama to do. And he wrote me uh, uh, a monologue. I think the episode—I'm going to say the episode was called Seven—and uh, we find seven children that perish in a fire. And I had the monologue back at the uh, back wow. at the firehouse. Yeah. Um, and I did, it, and I was terrified. You know, he gave me—it's a whole page monologue. He gave me the thing, and I, I go home. I did it, and he left a voicemail for me oh yeah. yeah and he goes, hey asshole because <laughs> that's a <the> term <laughs> of endearment he goes uh, I, I gave you the ball you knocked it out of the park and the fact that you were a comic uh, uh, just made me really proud of you fuck you see you tomorrow so
0: and that's how it all. And, well, I got and that. I it. got
2: that voice message. I actually came down the stairs and uh, and my wife saw my face and went, "Oh, who said something nice to you?" Because I can't process <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, and, but he's just—he's been a dear friend and he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's a good guy. He is that guy. Yeah. He's
0: and very talented, yeah, obviously. Him and, I'm and Lenny
2: Clark, and they're all, all good friends.
0: So, did you start out in life to be an actor, or no? Maybe? I started
2: as a stand-up. I, I went. You, to, I was okay, that's how it all. I went to an open mic. I wanted to be a stand-up, um, and uh, I got out of college. I told my parents, "Well, we've done one of your things. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to try one of mine." And I did stand-up, and I realized that you can do it. Like I, I just got a sense of knowing that I, okay, I can do this. I know I can... I belong here. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: No, tell us about that feeling. Because, you know... Obviously, you don't know as We just walked in, no. but we both have a background in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. We worked in radio for years and right. TV, and then we just sort of got so tired with all the restraints. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's so hard to be creative now with sure. major Art companies. Art and
2: commerce don't meet for a reason.
0: Right. Adam
1: just looked at me when you said the TV thing was like, no fucking way did he work in TV. <laughs> what?
2: You just gave me that look, like no. No, I, I wanted to include you in the no, conversation. I was you wanted just to go this like, way. I know.
1: I haven't shaved since I had work. Oh, stop in TV. it. I, you work it?
2: <laughs> don't. You need to spend some time. Time in the self-esteem room. Oh, actually, you know Stop. what? Stop. You can be okay. on t- look, how long did the Muppet Show run? Dude You look just I like I one of them. Look
1: just like one of them, <laughs> right? You're fine. I'm great.
2: I would love to be part of Animals Rock Band. See
0: that? You're yeah. fine. You're <laughs> fine. Our <laughs> the audience Electric Mayhem. <laughs> our audience loves following the journey of doing this, you know, mm-hmm. not mainstream. But it's so tough. Like I get offers all the time to go back, to go back to yeah. radio, to go back but it's hard. What's tell me about that feeling because I feel like I have that feeling too, but sometimes it's very hard to trust it. Well, you, did you, you always trust, trust it?
2: No. Uh, I always, I've always. i learned the lessons I've needed to learn on a stage. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, God, the, that's scary. The audience is... Yeah, it's, it's scary, but it's really not because the audience... For, it's the truth serum. That's like, you know, you in this bit you can't lie. You know, right. You're, and you're, you can't. They, they won't laugh. They mm-hmm. won't know why they won't laugh, but they're just not going to laugh. But you can't lie. Honesty has got to be the plumbing that, you know, they don't care about the plumbing. They just want to see the fountain. Right. But it's got to be steeped in something. So I've learned to... I'm very comfortable improvising with an audience and just uh, being in that uncertainty. That uncertainty, that artistic danger, and that uncertainty is is very comfortable for me. It's but, when you get off the stage,
0: right? Right. So how'd you keep going? I mean, you obviously your parents probably didn't embrace it. at Oh, first. my, I did. My
2: father, they my did. father gave me the confidence. Really? My, I finished, I, he saw me do stand up for the first time. My mom and dad were at my first open mic because I made the mistake of telling my mother what mm-hmm. I was doing. She told the whole <laughs> neighborhood. And everyone, in a little neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, times are, society is more fragmented now. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different choices right. to come see, you know, so our neighborhood was a very closed neighborhood. And I had to go, everyone knew everybody, someone on the drugstore, someone on the deli, we all knew everybody. So I had to go to another town to buy condoms and beer when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> because they would I tell can my imagine. parents. Yeah. yeah. I understand. So the whole neighborhood showed up, and I did it, and my father saw me do well, and he looked at me the next day in his office... Like he's never looked at me before mm-hmm. He's like, okay
0: <laughs> Really? Yeah,
2: so when I told him I wanted to And I just kept haunting open mics And I didn't sleep because I had a day job So I would go to open mics and just sit at the club And I would just talk to the bartenders And be in the area where things are going to happen Wow And Eastside Comedy Club in Long Island um, they, I would do the open mic on Wednesday And Thursday I would just go and sit at the bar and watch And the owner figured out Hey, he can do the middle spot And I don't have to pay him And he's good so wow. I got stage time for nothing, and I knew I was being taken advantage of, but fine. Use me up. I got the stage time. So I just haunted the area I wanted to be in. 90% of life is just fucking showing up. So, oh,
0: that's so good. So it is. So be where you want to
2: be. So if you've got a feel that you're going to trust, let's say it doesn't work out. If you want to go down with the ship, you're going to make your mistake, you're going to make somebody else's mistake. Yeah. Make your mistake. Make right? your yeah. mistake. Yeah. That's it. That's a good one. It didn't work out. Yeah. And it was, my, And I own it. You know, that's where I would be. I, I, Whenever I get that uncertain feeling and I want to do something, I, you know that last scene, and it's not a good movie, but it's a good second movie, is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 when yeah. Johnny Depp knows the Kraken's coming. He <laughs> just takes a hit of rum, stands there with his sword. The Kraken opens his mouth. He just pulls his sword. He goes, hello, beastie. Mm-hmm. I'm going in.
0: <laughs> that's so good. I'll remember that. Yeah,
2: make your fucking mistake. I love that. Don't make somebody else's mistake.
0: So good. Well, how? Have, okay. So, how long did it take you? And I
2: got shitloads of my mistakes. I can tell you about.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Well, we'll just call Adam Ferrera mistake yeah. maker. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to really make money at this full time
2: when you first started? I was. Out? I was. Um. I was. It was a weird situation because I started July thirteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. So there was. Wow. That's, that's when people found out that it was very cheap to produce, and every even the television producers had. TV shows like MTV, Half Hour, Mm -hmm. Comedy Hour, VH1, A and E. Yeah. Because the producers found it's pretty cheap and it's popular, so I hit it right at the beginning. I hit it where the commerce and art, you know, it was still art to me because I saw Richard Pryor when I was a kid, and I went, oh, that's just look what that man can do. So I wasn't, I didn't really know that I wanted to do that, but I was profoundly moved by what I saw, and I'd never felt that before. So I remember that feeling. I'm going, whoa, look what this guy can do. And I want to do that. I don't know how to do that, but I want to be able to do that. Right. Um, so I, I got the stage time, and I did it. And I kept my day job for as long as I could, um, and I had no obligations. Yep. So I mm-hmm. was kind of making money. And I, I always worked. Even as a kid, I always worked. I was always uh, had a job and had money Damn. in my pocket. Damn. I Good went to college. Good little and,
0: work at that. Well, yeah,
2: I went to I, it was fear, pretty much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It wasn't. I went to college the first year. And you know, your first year of college, you drink too much. You know, you think you have friends forever. And then you sober up your second year, you go, I've gained 15 pounds. He's a drug addict. He owes me money. I got to get the hell out of (laughs) here. That's actually college, yeah. yeah. That was mine exactly. Yeah. So you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm not going down with this Mm -hmm. shit. So I would go home every weekend and work. So I always had money in my pocket. So I was always, there was always a drive to succeed. So, in answer to your question, I was surviving. uh, for a long time
0: What's the stand-up comedy scene like now? You know, mm-hmm. obviously it's changed a lot With yeah. social media yeah. um, What's your take on that? Do you like that? You
2: have to evolve I mean, it's the, the species that survives is not the strongest It's not the smartest It's the one that can adapt to change So you wow. have to evolve Um, It's a lot different It's like right now We're doing this We couldn't have done this Oh my god
0: Well I don't even think You would have done a podcast Five (laughs) years ago You would have been like No But now I mean podcasting Is probably as big a reach For you as some radio shows Well it's it's
2: just It's the next It's the next Dispensing of information It's the next It's where people Are going to go To get their entertainment Everything is so fragmented to uh, to get people to come out. That's why my show is every. There's going to be a lot of uh, improv and a lot of stuff that can only happen in that moment, in this this moment in time, with this energy, with you being a part of it. Because mm-hmm. I got to give the people some, something different. Right to Get them out of the house and come back and one of the things I've noticed is uh, someone will come see me on a Thursday, and if I have a good show, they'll come back with their friends on a Saturday mm-hmm. so it keeps it keeps the it keeps the ball rolling now so. you're
1: on the road a lot. Are there any like cities that you really just dread going to now? Um, Aleppo. Okay, that's yeah. that's when I would dread going. Hey, to Hey, I'm also. just so thrilled yeah.
0: I know where that is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and what it is? <laughs> yeah, what it is? Hey, what about political correctness? There's mm-hmm. all you know with comedy. There's all this. I have like, I have oh. the luxury
2: of being able to skewer that because the role of the jester was to speak truth to power, and you know, so right. So I can. I don't really. I don't do a lot of politics because it's just. Uh, I was talking to Allison before, right before the show. It's just. It, it angers me, and anger's really? not funny. It's just. It's yeah. too. Divided. I'm I'm more a student of the human condition. And if I can, art to me is a verb, and there's there's, there's courage in in facing what, that I can, I was right what I'm afraid of. Because there's a certain amount of energy, ah. in there. there's a certain amount of energy connected in something you're avoiding. So again, it's hello, basty. just <laughs> you jumping just ta- in there. Handle it head on. Look the fucking monster in the eye.
0: Um, one of my favorite stand-up clips of yours is when you talk about couples therapy. Which yeah, yeah. I've done couples therapy. I'm not even married yet. Mm-hmm. Was that real? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. How long have you been? Are you guys with... still in couples therapy? Buddy? No, we, it, oh. we,
2: it reached its end.
0: Oh, okay. No, I not like the therapy. The relationship. Oh. I'm like,
2: what are we doing? <laughs> I'm oh, spending a buck twenty a week to knock a round peg in a square hole. So,
0: so what happened? You and your wife just worked it out?
2: No, this, that was a, I wrote that joke about a girlfriend I had when we were doing it, and we broke up. Oh, it was the best God. thing we could have done because you know we, you know we, we cared about each other. We were good people tried to make it work, but it didn't. It oh, wasn't good. supposed to be.
0: Okay, so. you're making me feel better. Yeah, well yeah, I, no. I've done couples
2: how, therapy. How long have you been at therapy?
0: Um, well, I've been in personal therapy like three years. Right. I love therapy. She's been in right.
1: couples therapy for one year, four months. With you? <laughs>
2: no. I know this because I keep track of her life. Oh, oh.
0: I know. It's been different. No, like uh, about a year.
2: Let me ask you this. When you yeah. leave therapy, do you feel better? Yes. Okay, stay with that one. When you leave couples therapy, do you feel better? Yes. Okay, well, keep going. Okay, good. Does he feel better?
0: You know, that's a great question. I don't know. Maybe that's something
2: you should bring up in the therapist's (laughs) office. Maybe if you talk to each other without the therapist, you won't need that lady.
0: Well here's the thing is he's it's you know, our biggest thing is like an emotional connectedness. Like he he's not a a real emotional guy. Right. But like I I need like emotion, you know, you gotta like check in You want emotion? Yes, yes. Be
2: in my family, it's a friggin' opera.
0: (laughs) So that's our biggest complaint. Oh god. we gotta like connect and talk about your stresses. What, is, well,
2: I, what does connection mean to you?
0: Well, it's just basically taking time to talk about like how are you feeling about our relationship? What's going on stressful in your life? What's going on uh, right, good I want to break life? up
2: with you right now. Exactly. <laughs> I do, exactly. <laughs> you I can do too. I do. Stop it.
0: <laughs> oh my god, too much. Stop yes. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, because
2: you, you're asking questions, just tell him how you feel.
0: Uh, oh, okay. All right. So just do don't ask fe- him. Well, 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 I'm always yes. trying to ask how him how he feels. He, yeah. Well,
2: don't I feel great. He doesn't fucking know how he feels. And he doesn't want to know how he feels, oh, all right. Maybe that's the issue. yeah, he doesn't you' are looking
0: for I'm always asking him. I'm like, you never share your stresses, Han. Like I want to know, like what's going on because with it's work. killing him,
2: and he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> He okay. wants to come home. That's it. What what's bothering you? When I come home, I shut the door. I want to leave those problems out there. <laughs> well that's what he says and yes. I like... that's because that's what it is. We live together? Yes. Okay, fine. Basically he's like this, honey, you okay? Yeah, you healthy? Yeah, is a mortgage paid? Good. See you next month. That's it. He wants to pay the bills and take care of you. He doesn't want to share. He doesn't want to talk. Uh-huh. He just wants to relax. Oh.
0: Well maybe that's then I need to like kind you know? of just like You know, let it be. That's what I was saying last night. I was like, you know, I really need to know your savings situation. How much are you saving these days? Like, what's going to be our future? That's Mm -hmm. what you asked Dan? (laughs) Yes. That's what our what what
2: does he do for a living?
0: (laughs) He works in soccer, so he's a director. He works in soccer. Yes.
2: And you want to know what your future's gonna be? (laughs) You're fucked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you right now. He's a director of youth development for a soccer club. You're fucked twice. (laughs) Are you kidding?
2: You're going to retire on Little League Soccer? <laughs> you better hope this podcast takes off, kid. You and the Muppet better make it big. We're going to make it. You're backing the wrong it. horse
0: with this guy. Oh, my God. Adam Ferrer, you are so good. We have one last question for you. Go ahead. Paul Blart, mall cop. I read the book. Great decision or no?
2: Yeah, it was great. Was it good? It was so much fun. Kevin's my pal, so he called me up and said, you want to play a cop? I said, yeah. What, what, the only regret I have, my opening scene in that car is I drove a cop car. And it was a P seventy one Crown Vic. It was an old cop car. And it was before I had Top Gear. and I knew how to drive. Now I could have slid that thing sideways right in front of the camera. <laughs> I almost want to go back and, re- and that redo scene. it.
0: Does it bother you? I mean, I feel like I already know the answer mm-hmm. to this because you have such a great attitude. But
1: well,
2: does
0: it bother you when a movie that you're in or a show that you're in is canceled or panned or people? Yeah, don't, like, it does. Becomes it's any, like a, any
2: ending, uh, any ending of something that you enjoy doing. And unfortunately, I've been so lucky in. Um, in, in my professional career that I've been in those environments where it's been a family it's been uh, nurse Jackie was uh, I was supposed to oh, do yeah. just one one arc on the show and I did two years because Edie and I connected and the writers could write for that couple and uh, and I was supposed to do the, the last year too but then it was becoming too much about us and not about her so uh, that was a nice I mean that, that's just how, how the game goes you know. Uh, so that's always... And Rescue Me was my friends, Oh, my But that God. was, you know, that was... But those were really all true.
0: major hits. Like yeah, when and Top Gear,
2: too, the last show I was on. Right. That show was great because it was... It's, it, it's a bonding show because it was a hard show to produce because you, you're yeah. in Iceland. You're on a... You're, I'm driving a, a an old Chevy pickup a Volcano and Iceland was sleeping in these shacks together. So it was yeah. really hardcore, a bonding experience with those with those two other guys. Whose names escape me right now? Um, So it's. So yeah, right. (laughs) But but that's it's you know it's 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 not said it's it's disappointing you can't do more but it's it's the nature of the business you know that's why you have to make the most of the moment that's why I try to make my live show a, a moment to make you want to come back and see me again and and to and to keep me interested as well it's. It's very, much, uh, it's very much a give and take. So I'm getting as much from the audience as I'm giving, and then that, that's when everything feeds back on itself, and, and it, the synergism makes the show and the art form become greater than the sum of its parts, and people leave like, you know what, I'm glad we got out of the house. You know, I'm yes. glad, you know, I'm glad we just did this.
0: And they leave and have a moment yeah. with you and then
2: they'll come back. And they'll, then they'll say, "We had a good. Let's go back to that club again." And so I'll have a place to work next time. I mean, I've been coming back to here for years, and I, I look forward to it. I look forward to being in this room with these people. You know, I look forward to doing.
0: It. Oh my God, such great advice! And yeah. like, I love your whole attitude. And... It
2: all goes to shit tomorrow, so, <laughs> it re- so record it now.
0: Where are we going to see you next? Are you working on any other shows? You can uh, tell I'll us. Be, about? I'm
2: touring a hardcore I'm doing a hardcore tour schedule, which is at uh, Adam. Ferrar.com on the Facebook yeah. or Twitter at Adam Ferrar. You can see a whole tour schedule till Christmas. Okay. Uh and then we got something in the works. Uh, and if the lawyers don't screw it up, we might have some good news for you soon. Nice. Oh my god. Adam,
0: thank you so much. DCimprov.com for tickets. You're here all weekend. Yep. You were
1: really fantastic. Okay.
2: Enjoyed meeting you. Thank you, you. you well. thank you. Goodbye, Fozzie. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I can't wait
1: to see you. The soon.
0: Muppet is such a good role
1: for you. I know. Actually, can oh, I That inspire? actually is
0: really something that we should have you audition for. Really? Yeah. Are
1: you really playing this song right now? <laughs>
0: the Muppet song I'm really playing, yeah, absolutely. Monomana. <laughs> see?
1: I do look like man-a-man-a. the man-a-man-a guy Yeah, you
0: do. Man-a-man-a. Anyway, Adam Ferrer you got to go see him at the DC Improv. As we mentioned, DCImprov.com for tickets. Oh, I love that. Good
1: advice. That's awesome. Actually, I know. very good advice. Very, very good advice. I, w- I never got a chance to really. I really want to know. What? What like, else did you want to ask? There's one last question I was going to ask. Him well, I was you like, should have oh. jumped in. Well, no, because we were like wrapping up, anyways. But I was thinking in my head, like at this point, when you're already like a household name, like you know, people know the name Adam Ferrer, right? Yeah. So like, he doesn't have to do like, you know, doesn't to, like really send out a resume, right? So does he just randomly put like the most weird shit he's ever done on his resume? Like he just like you know appeared on Candid Camera? That's in such a great question. You know, we'll ask him later when we. Because I bet by he doesn't
0: office. even have a resume. Uh, I thought of you, but you know, more animals because weed is legal almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. More pets are ingesting marijuana. Now they're not going to die. Duh. Excuse me from it, but it will cost you an incredible amount if you, you have you, to take them to the vet. Are you
1: gassy after speaking to Adam Ferrara? You,
0: no, I just had like a moment. The, no, I'm the, sweating. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like going through you hot were Attracted
1: and, to him when he was talking to you about no, your relationship. No, I'm, I'm attracted and,
0: to Dennis Leary. I like.
1: Uh-huh. I feel like
0: can Adam uh-huh. hook us up with Dennis Leary?
1: <laughs> I love how he almost walked out. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Dennis Leary is so hot to me. Oh, my God. I don't know. Of course
1: he is. Any guesses?
0: Yeah, so, you know, a lot of um, veterinarians are reporting more of your animals are ingesting weed because now it's legal. They're eating, like, the lollipops, the cookies, the butter, whatever it is. Good for them. Even, like, um, pigs are coming in. Teacup pigs are coming in. They're so high. They're passed out. And, you know, most of the time they're saying your pet can sleep it off. But if they did ingest really high amounts... You know, veterinarians are saying bring them in. But here's the big thing, and they'll, like, pump their stomachs with charcoal. How much do you think it's going to cost?
2: To
1: pump a pig's stomach with charcoal? Mm-hmm. I mean, are we smoking it at the same time? Or no, are we just this pumping is it with charcoal. Pumping it with charcoal. Oh, God, okay. I don't know. $3,500. Thirty-five. dollars Yes. Fuck that. You can buy a new pig for like $85.
0: I'm not kidding. So they're saying more animals are coming in now with overdoses. And a lot of times you do, you know, it's 50-50, the vets are saying. Sometimes they'll sleep it off and they're fine. But if they ingest a huge amount, yeah, you got to get them in. They'll live, but it's going to cost you dearly.
1: I'm not going to lie; Anywhere I've never understood people that give their their pets marijuana.
0: Well, they're not. They're saying that like they're they leave it, it in accident. a backpack or something. Mm. They leave it on the floor. Suddenly, the dog or the dog climbs but up if on the table. The dog
1: table. just eats like the leaves. It's not going to do anything to it because you have to combust. You know, the actual marijuana has to combust for the THC to be released. So that dogs just eating a bunch of grass, pretty much, it's not going to do anything but make them turd.
0: Well, apparently it makes them very – this article says it makes them super sleepy. Well, if
1: they're eating, like, edibles – Yeah, they're
0: eating edibles. Then, like,
1: butters and stuff. Then, yeah, then, of course, man, it makes humans really sleepy. You ever had a brownie before? (sighs) Shit, will F you up. No,
0: no, I haven't. I can't imagine. F you up. So, anyway, if your pet is – accidentally eats marijuana, it's – or TH – whatever. Edibles. It's not good news. Mm. Uh, How do you feel about this, that uh, Marriott is probably now... You know when you go to a hotel and in your hotel room, there's always a Bible? Uh, Now Marriott is also going to have the Book of Mormon.
1: Oh, they're gonna have the play of the Book of Mormon. No, no. no. Oh, oh I the thought book. they were gonna have the play of the book. I was like, good. Give me the opposite of that. I want the exact opposite. <laughs> I
0: didn't realize this, but um, a Mormon, f- I guess the CEO of Marriott is Mormon, and the family maybe that originally started Marriott hotels is so now they're saying that they're even thinking about in hotel rooms including everything from the Quran, to Book of Mormon, Torah, Bible, like just like loading these like. Uh, Will they
1: have the Dead Sea Scrolls there too? for me, just in case I'm old school.
0: I just didn't know. Does anyone even look at the Bible anymore? I just don't understand. Here's
1: my thing. If you are that religious that you would, you know, read a Bible every night before you go to bed, wouldn't you travel with one?
0: Great question. I don't know. I guess I don't even know how the tradition started except for um, they do say that J.W. Marriott was Mormon, um, who started Marriott. And I guess years ago when they put them in um, hotels, they did it so people would have some sort of reading.
1: You know what? There's a, here's a money-making opportunity. Someone who's listening right now, make your cash doing this. Create one of the. You know how they have the stupid online, like the on-demand video systems at all the hotels? that's yeah, really crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, do a system that has the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, so that way they can just go open up their TV, boom, click <laughs> on the Bible, and they can read it that way.
0: I just was amazed. You'll that
1: make millions.
0: I'm trying to think of the last time I even looked for a Bible in a hotel, and I honestly thought people were getting rid of them. But I've looked Marriott's for a Bible in a hotel
1: recently, actually, but I shouldn't say why. <laughs>
0: I don't even know. yet. don't say why. I'm not going to tell you why. I can only imagine.
1: But you know why if you know why.
0: Oh, God. Do you feel like a pair of tights could cure PMS?
1: A pair of tights could cure PMS? (laughs) So what's it going to do? Squeeze the menstruation out of you? (laughs) Yes.
0: What do you think? There's a new tights company that says that crystals are embedded. Ceramic crystals are melted into the stretchy yarn. And according to the brand, that creates a body warmth that will actually help relieve cramps that are a result of PMS. I'm going
1: to throw this out They there. also
0: make you feel calmer. What do you think?
1: But Okay, ceramic crystals? Mm-hmm. So they're not even natural crystals? <laughs> so they're fake crystals in stretchy pants. And they expect me to buy those thinking it's going to cure my menstruation?
0: It's a German legwear company. Um, they're called um, Item M6. That's what they're titled. Item Is M6. They're German. They're a German legwear
1: company. M6.
0: m Item m or yeah, M6. Yeah, yeah, right. m um, Yeah, sex. They're now sold at Bloomingdale's. The tights will run you about thirty-five to fifty-five dollars, depending on um, what kind of tight you want. Some are fishnet mesh, but they do still have these crystals in them and said to make you feel better.
1: Oh, really? You know,
0: before my psychic experience, I would have bought into the...
1: I feel like you're still going to buy into it, and that's why I feel like you've already bought them, and you just want to run it past me first to see, like, a little bit Oh, I the level judged. of how
0: much you're going to make fun yeah, of it? How much okay, I'm Yeah, going to make fun of you. Right. Well, D- anyway. When do they arrive? <laughs> I have not ordered them. I, I have not ordered them, I swear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to leave you with this. You need to purchase tickets to our election night party, dcimprov.com. Get your tickets. It's going to be an insane party. Is it? Is it? Well, no. Is the show over? I was going to talk about how oh, I we left. We can talk about what ta- how much time do we have? Because you got to tell me. You got to keep me going.
1: We have. I mean, um, we're at fifty-five right now. Okay.
0: Well, we're done. Um, DCimprov.com, Get your tickets. I'll save this story for so, Tuesday. So I'm pulling the music back up now. Yeah, pull the music back up. What happens when you park your car somewhere and you forget that you drove it there and you leave it? Does oh, that ever know, happen to anybody? I know
1: exactly what happens.
0: I'll discuss my story and why now I know you can leave a kid in a hot car. And All you... that coming on Tuesday. And our election party, what?
1: Also, I have homework for you tonight. Sarah. What's it? What is it? Before we talk about that tomorrow, I need you to go home and watch Dude Where's My Car.
0: Okay, done. Bye everybody, DCimprov.com. Bye! Bye.